0: Hi, friends. Welcome back to With Great People, the podcast for high-performance teams. I'm Richard Kasparowski. This episode is an interview with Heidi Helfand. Heidi is Director of Engineering Excellence at Procore Technologies, and she's the author of the book Dynamic Reteaming, the Art and Wisdom of Changing Teams. Heidi and I discuss clarity of roles, having a clear sense of purpose, and, of course, patterns for dynamic reteaming. To support this podcast, sign up for my newsletter at Kasparowski.com. Thanks for listening. Hi, Heidi. How's it going?
1: Hi, Richard. Doing well. How are you?
0: Good thing. So, this is the podcast for high performing teams. I usually ask people this question, and it's about your best team ever. What is your best team ever? What was your best team ever?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I have so many experiences with teams. In the past, that I've considered incredible. I mean, I remember I, I was telling somebody else this recently. I remember, you know, I was part of the company, uh, part of a startup where we invented go to meeting and go to webinar. The startup was called Expert City. We were acquired by Citrix years later, but I remember at one point during the development of go to my pc i don't even know what was going on i don't know who exactly was there but i felt such joy that i was literally skipping through the hallways (laughs) and it was just a feel you know it was Uh like an incredible incredible feel Um, i'll have to say about a month ago here at procore we had an incredible event we called it our organizational excellence event it was an event for all of us in R and D, you know, more than 350 people. And we had an open space and, you know, there was a team of us who got together to kind of plan vision out and execute this event. And the whole experience working with that team, Uh you know, was really, you know, I think we all grew from the experience, you know, sometimes we're, you know, easy and it flowed. And sometimes it was a little bit challenging. And I think we grew from that. But in the end, the impact of the event and the awesome continuous improvement and and new initiatives that resulted from that event, you know, made it just so like viscerally awesome. Yeah. So working with that, that team, you know, and the impact that we made on our organization was just really noteworthy
0: to me yeah so very recent team this this group that organized the event at Procore it should be easy to take yourself back to that team i I usually guide people through through this a little bit take yourself back to that team
1: okay
0: just a month ago Mm -hmm. re-experience what it felt like to be doing that together to be part of that team doing that work and what is one word that you could use to describe the the sensation of being On that team Mm -hmm.
1: I guess the word organized comes to mind Uh I think it it took us a little while to get there but once we got really clear on what our different roles were on that team Mm -hmm. and what we expected from each other things just started to to just fly and come together and, uh, so like, I think role clarity is really important if you do have, now this was a team, this is an organizing, organizing team of an, an event. Yeah. Um, but you know, we got really clear on what we were doing with each other, the impact that we wanted, the roles, we got into a groove and a rhythm. And so I'd say organized.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now- How do you know it was such a good team? You mentioned impact on the organization. Is there anything else subjective or objective that you could point to about this team?
1: I feel like we all really like each other a lot. I feel like we all enjoy each other's company. We're working on new things together. Since that, we're working on another. Uh, We're still determining like what the best facilitation will be to meet the outcomes that we want. So probably
0: what are three concrete behaviors that you engaged in together as a team that went into your success together
1: three concrete behaviors like um, like visible behaviors things that we did that you could observe yeah yeah well we met with each we laughed and we celebrated together we let's see that's two the third we had a like a really good structure that we agreed on to track our work like we used, you know, we used we we were organized with kind of being on the same page.
0: Mm hmm. You say when you say more about that structure, that organization, you said organized was the, the word that describes the sensation. What yeah. else about organized?
1: Well, we're relatively distributed. So we had, we, we just, we used a really great um, method. Uh, you know, we used a Google spreadsheet, but we had it organized really well. So we knew where everything was going to be. We had like a single source of truth yeah. for the work that we were doing. And so, you know, that, that was helpful because if you had any question about what was going on, you looked at the one thing. So. Mm-hmm. And someone came up with that structure and it was, it was, it was great. I mean, it could have been anything. Um, But we, you know, we had all, we all had a great...
0: Now you've written this book, Dynamic Reteaming. Based on that book, based on experiences with this team and other teams you've been on, what advice do you have for listeners? How how can they reproduce?
1: Well, all teams are different. And I think different teams have different purposes and functions. Mm -hmm. Um, We were working on an event. I think... um, you know, having role clarity is important in any team. Yep, aligning on how you're going to manage your work is important, and how you're going to do it, where you're going to do it, what agreements do you have between each other about your workflow is important. So, aligning on roles, having role clarity, uh, how you're going to manage your work you know, we had a very clear, you know, we were driven by outcomes and we had very clear goals, like what does success look like from this? And we're going to, we're going to do specific things to align to our outcomes. Um, so we had, you know, clear sense of purpose and where we're going, you know, um, it was an enjoyable experience too. And yeah, I'm trying to connect back in particular to that one example. And I think, um, you know, different teams express things in different ways. Teams have different characteristics or personalities. No two teams are the same because the people are different and the people make up kind of different kind of constellation of personalities. Teams are systems in my view. And I think, you know, so it's kind of what people bring depends on, who they are. So you have different collections of individuals on different teams and they all have a different kind of feel. And, and yeah, you know, we, we did have some reteaming in that, in that team. I think we had um, some people join. We had, yeah, during, during the team experience. So having, you know, some kind of structures to realign on is really important. You know
0: again. So how, how do you define reteaming?
1: Reteaming is essentially team change. Yeah, reteaming is the, about the concept of, of team change. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, and just the recognition that we're not dealing with static entities in our teams. Teams are, are living, breathing, and changing. People mm-hmm. will arrive on your team. People will leave your team. So it's just the notion that I think there's a fallacy of stability. You know, People say the best teams are the ones that stay the same, don't change, maintain the membership. And right. that's just not the reality that I've been part of in my professional career. Right. And I think it's the, you know, so the focus is more like, all right, given that we have a changing system, how do we really get better at that? Mm-hmm. What are the practices that, you know, really help us thrive? when change is the norm. Right. Cool. So I think okay. a lot of the academic literature that you might read about teams and the the popular books um, doesn't really You Yeah, know, I kind of wonder, is there is there a magic formula for Teams? I think a lot of it is context dependent. It's mm-hmm. dependent on what constraints you have. I think it it depends on the timeframe of of your company and the time, you know, the aging of teams, I think, um, you know, one of the things that I look at when I, when I coach teams is, you know, where are they in their development, right? So you might have a brand new team that just came together and the team is kind of growing into adolescence and maybe some people join a team and people leave the team. And then at, at some point, you know, it kind of starts over again. It feels like a new team, right. you know, and then maybe after a while, you know, maybe things stay the same. Maybe people aren't coming and going. Maybe the work is relatively predictable. You know, what are the what is changing and what isn't changing? And at some point, you know, I think if people are on a team for too long or even working on the same topic for too long, they can feel a sense of stagnation. Yeah. And I talk about this in my book, you know, and it's kind of like, all right, well, People, it's multidimensional, right? Because teams are systems. So an individual might feel like they're stagnating. A team might feel like it's low energy or they're just not working the way that they were before. Like something is off. Maybe they have all their scaffolds. They have all their, you know, great ways of working. They try to do retrospectives and have other feedback loops to continuously improve. But sometimes people and teams get in a funk. Could be Mm -hmm. at an organizational level too. So it's kind of like, all right, well, what do you do? you there's either three things possible, you know, you either a change is imposed on the team. Maybe the team suggests a change that they want. They catalyze their own change, or maybe you create a condition for a change to emerge. And, um, you know, kind of like the creative destruction. I write about this in the eco cycle chapter of my book, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of like, you know, sometimes teams will grow big, and then they'll want to split, you know, and again, maybe somebody coaches them to split. Maybe the team decides, you know, we want to be different. We want to split in two or too big. It's not as productive as we used to be. It's harder to make decisions. And they impose their own split on themselves, you know, or maybe like, you know, so it could be like an emergent thing. It could be, you know, somebody tells them to do it. You know, you get all, you have all these things, all these things can play out all these different, uh, ways of changing yeah. and then the team is like kind of starts over again and then it feels different maybe the people are different the team is smaller you know they go through this is like a regular transformation that happens Mm -hmm. with teams at fast growing companies at least you know the grow and split pattern of uh dynamic reteaming at least and you know i just that's one of the most common patterns that i've seen across all of my personal experiences at three startups in the past 19 years. And also in the people that I interviewed for, my, I did over 30 hours of interviews for my book so that, you know, you know, it's, it's really, really interesting in that, in that way. You know, so it's like, well, how can we get good at this? I mean, if there are practices that you can do before teams kind of grow and split, while you're executing the split, while the split is happening, there's certain things that you can do to make it easier. Mm-hmm. And then after it's done, we're essentially new teams starting over again. Right. So I think if you're planning any kind of change, there's certain things you can do. I like the, there's a lean change canvas by Jason little It's on his website. It's kind of yellow. I happen to be seeing it across the room, I <laughs> hand it out here. Um, you know, so what are you going to do to like plan for a change? And then there's certain really predictable things that happen if you're, you know, if you're in a company with 50 or more teams, let's say, they use a lot of the same shared systems, perhaps. So when a team splits in half, you're going to probably want a new channel in your chat tool. You're probably going to want to create a new project in the tool that you, in the electronic tool that you use to track your work. You're probably going to want to change where you sit, you know, so there are these checklists that you can that you can create that make it all real quick. I remember we, this happened a lot at Appfolio. We had, you know, we got really, really good at this. I remember I could move my desk in like 20 minutes. I wouldn't move the physical desk, but all the stuff. Right. You know? And then it's like, all right, you're, you're with, you're with a new group of people. Maybe it was some of the same people from the last team, you know, you know, but then it's like, all right, you're there together. What do you guys want to do? What, what are your agreements on how you want to operate as a team? What do you want your communication to be like? You know, so we coach and vision out. What's our workflow like? What are our team agreements? How we, how do we want to communicate together? And a lot of the agreements come from our workflow, how we want to track and manage our work. What, it, you know, if we have any roles, you know, like I was saying. Um, so there's like, And there's a lot of great existing books on, you know, how to align on work. I love story mapping book by Jeff Patton. I love the liftoff book, love your core protocols book. You know, there's a lot of different existing, you know, one chapter of my book in the practices section is a great kind of review of the different resources that you might leverage. Because every time you you change your teams or they change on you and you want to reset a team, like a brand new team. Uh, you want to vary the activities that you when I When I do talks these days on uh, dynamic reteaming and team change, I ask people to stand up in the audience. Stand up if your team, if you've had a new person arrive at your team in the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. That, the majority of the room stands up. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well, all right, sit down. And they're like, okay, stand up if somebody has left your team in the past two weeks. And then again, a majority of the room stands up. And I think I've done this like four or five times now. And it really, uh, you know, it's like, it's really like you're coaching that whole audience as a system because it reveals the system to itself. Like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, part of the software industry in this room. I did it with 900 people recently and everybody's looking around like, oh yeah. So, so yeah, we are, we do have like, you know, change is normal. (laughs) We do have a lot of changes in our teams. Yeah. We're not alone. You know, and then it's like, okay, I see that person standing up over there. We can have a conversation later. Oh, how, how do your teams change? Or, mm-hmm. you know, what, what was that like when you had five new people join your company? You know, so it's a, just trying to extend the conversation uh, with dynamic reteaming. And, uh, and it's super exciting to do that because it feels like um, I'm in service to the greater good, in service mm-hmm. to the industry by helping people acknowledge reality i have a if you can see on my computer you can't but i have a keyboard here and i have a reality i have a reality button on on (laughs) uh, you know it's like acknowledge reality and people have been talking about change for years you know
0: and the reality is that people's teams are changing people are joining people are leaving
1: yeah and it's really kind of like almost from an anthropological perspective it's like you know, just describing what is, and there are regular patterns to it. So the book has a collection of patterns that have emerged from the data. It's very bottoms up. Yeah. And it's really like, okay, well, this is a thing. This is generally how it presents itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's an isolation case. There's a grown split kind of case. There's yeah. one by one edition, there's batch edition, there's all these different patterns. And as I finish the book and kind of coalesce the book, it's kind of, shrinking into it like a base set of patterns and when i talk about this in the field now i talk about five patterns All right, and yeah so the book should be out in print form i i'm i have realized to myself that i need to set a goal for that so my goal is september
0: all right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> book done in september available in, done
1: in september in print form
0: on Amazon. <laughs> great i can't wait
1: let's make this real Maybe
0: you can hold me accountable for that. Right <laughs> All right, I will. Uh, I will email you <laughs> every month from here on until September. <laughs> okay, that works. Um, you you, you use the word anthropology, and I'm 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 wondering about the the rate of team change today versus the rate of team change. I don't know. Twenty years ago, fifty years ago, hundred years ago. A thousand years ago, how, how you know? What you, my guess—I don't—I don't have any data. My guess is that teams didn't change that frequently historically, and that this is a new phenomenon.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean it's a good question. You know, my book is all centered around software development teams. Yeah. I mean, the industry has changed so much. You know, even since the internet. You know, we're mm-hmm. you know. A lot of the, you know, there's software as a service now. We have continuous deployment. We have a rate of deploying change is a lot faster than it's been in -hmm. the industry. You know, and, you know, is there any kind of mirroring there with with team change and software change? Mm -hmm. Could be. Could be. You know, they talk about a mirroring effect with, um, you know, the communication in the organization of your teams and your people with the organization of your code, that kind of mm-hmm. Conway's law or um, reverse, the reverse of that. Um,
0: it's kind of another dimension on that Conway's law of uh, team organiza- org organization is the same as your, your code organization.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, you know, Jez Humble in the book Accelerate, and even in maybe their State of the DevOps report from 2017 talk mm-hmm. about a reverse Conway. Um, but I think, um, you know, it, it's interesting. And I I think if you, if you read closely into some of the literature on teams, that's like outside the software industry, you'll find that they're not really talking about R and D orgs. And if we import, you know, some of the, the, the thoughts from there, you know, we might find that some things apply, but yet some things feel a little bit off. Like, you know, Tuckman's model for group development, (laughs) you know, that leverage some review of the literature and some therapy groups and other kind of training groups as far right. as I understand it. And, you know, that's quite different than the dynamic work that we're doing in an R and D organization that's continuously deploying software. It's just, you know, but, but, but then again, like his kind of like forming, storming, norming, performing is catchy yeah. and it's intuitively interesting. So I'm not saying it doesn't have any value. I think, yeah, that idea of like getting teams to, to gel is is a really cool concept, you know, then again, you know, if they're together too long, you know, I introduced the, well, the stagnating phase that he might've left off when you really oh, yeah. feel like the life is sucked out of you and you need a change. And, um, he has a joining in there that he added later on. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think, you know, some of this stuff is, you know, we're all trying to, we all have positive intent. We're all trying to, um, have, I make, I make this up at least, you know, we have positive intent, Trying to have an enjoyable experience in our workplace, we're trying to, you know, be, you know, sustain the work that we do, deliver awesome value at, at, you know, at great speed to our customers. We want to make sure we're building the right thing. It's an enjoyable experience. We want to keep this going, and so we we pull from many different places to try to get better at what we do. And I, you know, I really love the spirit of that. It's the spirit of learning and growth and and trying out new things and in service to our organizations and teams. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, onward with the quest of learning. Excellence, you know, it's kind of the inspiration behind my director of engineering excellence title. It's like Procore is a learning organization. It's like, well, how do we get better at what we do? Like, how do I fully express, autonomy mastering purpose how do i change the lives of the people in construction help connect the different roles in construction just like how i might try to connect and enhance the communication of our cross functional squads here or mm-hmm. across larger levels you know we're creating tools that enable different trades to communicate in different ways that they haven't done before we're digitizing a lot of the construction industry, which um, there's a, a great opportunity there, you know, and also just to like help make people's lives better. And you know, our founders talk about, you know, we are a learning organization. We are focused on helping people be the best that they can be, and we we need to do it within our company in order to provide the best service to the software industry. We can't change the software industry unless we change ourselves and have thriving careers where we're working. Yeah. You know, so I really, it's a really good match for me to be at Procore because of our focus on learning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, I'm, have I'm that, we have days. a day of learning coming up. It's called Core Day. So we have oh, guest speakers cool. that come in and we have, we work on construction education, professional development education. You know, we value the whole person and and improving, you know, as an individual apart from work.
0: Yeah.
1: And improving our craft at whatever we do. And in this case, software development in my R&D world.
0: All right. Beautiful. Yeah. So Heidi, if uh, if listeners want to find your book, if they want to contact you, how can they do that?
1: Yeah. So you could find me. My website is com. You could also connect with me on LinkedIn and find me Heidi Healthhand on LinkedIn. And the book, Dynamic Reteaming, is currently on LeanPub, so it's leanpub.com slash dynamic reteaming, all one word, and ideally in September on Amazon. Oh.
0: All right. And available it's in print function. soon. Function. <laughs>
1: available in print soon. Yes.
0: All right. Heidi Halpin, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been a great pleasure.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Richard. Have a great day.
0: Hi, friends. Thanks for listening. And remember, to support this podcast, sign up for my newsletter at Kasparowski.com.